the Converge Church. Are you guys ready to worship the Lord today? Yeah. Come on, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, put your hands together like this. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I got saved. I got saved. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Highest praises. Highest praises. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We give thanks. We give thanks. Sing, I'm I'm grateful for who you are and all you've done. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Oh, my soul, Christ, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for saving me.
is your moment. Oh God, we're here for you. We're here to worship you. We're here to lay aside every weight. We're here to cast all of our cares on you, oh God. We want to set everything aside and dedicate this time to you. Come on and open up your mouth and begin to bless the name of the Lord. Come on and bless him, bless him. Oh God, you're worthy. You're worthy. your name and we thank you Lord for the opportunity that we have to draw near to you your word declares if we will simply draw near to our God then he will draw near to us and sometimes father we don't have all the words we need that are truly fit for our king and sometimes all we have is hallelujah praise the Lord and so father I pray that our worship would rise up to you this morning as a sweet-smelling savor, our gratitude, our thanksgiving for who you are, for what you've done, and God, for the promise of all that you will do. This morning, we simply say, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You know, one of our traditions here at Converge Church is on the first Sunday of each month, we celebrate communion together. The fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, that is an all-inclusive statement, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. In fact, I think the remembrance of John 3.16 is fitting because God sent his son Jesus not into a perfect world but a very imperfect world where sometimes bad things happen to good people. I would be remiss as a pastor if we didn't take a moment this morning to pray for Alan, to pray for our community and to pray for our city. You know, President Barack Obama said it this way several years ago. He said, reality has a way of asserting itself. And as we consider all that transpired yesterday right here in our community, just a few minutes from where most of us live, in fact, we have a member who was working at H&M when all of this happened. Her family couldn't reach her. Officer Luke, who is uh, our uh, McKinney Police Department officer, was working the scene yesterday. You never know how close tragedy comes when we least expect it. I want to take a moment before we pray for Alan for us to consider the realities that exist right now in our world. In fact, in my wife talking to a few of the church members who reached out to us yesterday evening, there were a couple of people who were making plans to be at the Allen Premium Outlets yesterday evening. And for one reason or the other, they didn't go. This morning, there are seven families that are mourning the loss of loved ones. And the scripture is crystal clear on how we should respond as the church in times like these. And the scripture says we ought to mourn with those who mourn. And so we're going to take a moment and mourn and lament. And as I share these thoughts, I want you to listen, not with a political uh, a filter or with the filter of your preferences, but these are the realities as they exist in our nation today. Listen to this. The United States has faced at least 190 mass shootings so far this year. 190 mass shootings. Today is day 127. There have been more mass shootings than the number of days we've seen in 2023. There have been 113 mass shootings where at least four people were wounded or killed. 113 where four or more people were wounded or killed in America. There was a time when we said, you know what, Sandy Hook will move the needle because this happened to kids. And unfortunately, we're right where we were the day Sandy Hook happened. The challenge we have now is that we cry about the things we should confront. And the things 
the things that we should have this conviction and courage to change, we've normalized. And the problem with normalizing dysfunction is we become desensitized to it. Unfortunately, in a couple of days, all of us will move on from what just happened in Allen because the news cycle is going to have a more compelling story. Yet when I was at the car wash, I think Aaron is here with his son. Aaron's wife was in Kansas, and she called him and said, have you seen what's happening in Allen? And we're both sitting at the car wash, and we pull up our phones. By the time I get home, our neighbor had just witnessed what happened. Before the, the police even reported the number of fatalities, our neighbor had already seen it happen when the body bag showed up just down the street from us in Allen. Family of four, family of four. The reason this matters to me is I have a family of four. And they went to the mall to go shopping. And for some of those people, instead of celebrating graduations, they're now preparing for funerals. Yet in the midst of all of this, the scripture says that we have a high priest, Jesus, who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses, our sorrows. Because he too was in all points tempted and tested as we are, yet he was without sin. So this morning, as we mourn our neighbors and our friends, the heart of Jesus breaks. Because he too is touched with the feeling of our infirmity. Hebrews chapter 4, I believe, is on the screen. We do not have a high priest who is unable to understand. He understands. We have a high priest who is not unable he, because he sympathizes. And he has a shared feeling with our weaknesses and our infirmities. And he has the same liability or had the same liability to the assaults of temptation. But one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet he did it without sitting. Let's go to the next verse. So let us then, as we come to communion, let us come fearlessly. Let us come confidently. Let us come boldly. As we draw near to his throne of grace, it is the throne of God's unmerited favor to us. He gives us what we don't deserve. That we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need that we have. Appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. So, Father, as a community, not just as a community of believers, Father, but as a neighboring city, we lift up our voices, Father, on behalf of the city of Allen. Father, for the families affected by this senseless violence, God, would you minister your peace in the midst of this storm? And God, as Christ's followers, even though we're not directly affected, we are indirectly affected. That God, for all of us, would we experience, experience your peace this morning that surpasses all understanding. And God, would you give us your grace, your well-timed grace that will help us right now in the time of our need. For those in this moment wrestling with fear, in uncertainty, 
those wrestling with anxiety because of what happened. God, again, we ask for your peace. And for the families, God, who lost loved ones, for those recovering from injuries, God, I pray that even now your peace would meet them right where they are and that your grace would be sufficient for us. God, for the decision makers, for the policy makers, God, we ask for your wisdom. God, I just ask that you would, I don't even know what the solution is, God. But Father, for those who are making the decisions, 190 times this year in 127 days. God, would you help us that we would not be desensitized and that we will not normalize this senseless shedding of blood. We trust you to do it, Father. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and amen. The scripture says on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And as often as you eat it, you do it in remembrance of me. And so Jesus, we thank you that your body was broken 2,000 years ago for all of our sin. For all of our sin for all of our failures and all of our shortcomings. And Lord, we ask your blessing upon this symbol of your broken body. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Take now and eat. And Paul records in 1 Corinthians 11 that on the same night that Jesus was betrayed, he also took the cup. And he said, this is my blood which is shed for you. And as often as you drink of this cup, you do it in remembrance of me. Jesus, we thank you for your shed blood. And we thank you that the blood will never lose its power. Your word declares that your blood speaks of better things. And so, Lord, we thank you for your blood that cries out mercy, that cries out grace, that cries out peace. Lord, we thank you that because of your blood, we are healed, restored, and redeemed for your glory. Bless this symbol of your shed blood, Lord, we ask you. We receive it with thanksgiving. We receive it with gratitude. Ah, we receive it with gratitude, God. The things we so often take for granted. Breath in our lungs. Breath in our lungs even now the ability to gather in this place, God. Father, help us to never take for granted the people around us. Ah, Father, to, to never withhold the words that we should have spoken. Say them now. Call them up. And if you don't have the courage to call them, send them a text. Listen to me. Listen to me. Life is too short to live with regret. 
with unforgiveness, with bitterness. Make the most of today. Make the most of today. Make the most of today. There was a time when we could go places where it would be a safe haven. Our schools, our libraries, our houses of worship. Today we have a police officer and there are people here making sure that you are protected that you know nothing about. Forgive them. Say you're sorry. Life is too short. So Lord, we drink of the cup now. And as we do, Lord, we thank you that we receive your mercy even as we give mercy. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Not another day. Say it now. Not another moment. Do it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Take now and drink.
And bring our joy to life We won't submit to sorrow Our joy is coming in the morning Do y'all believe that? Yeah, it's coming in the morning Oh, sing your life And bring our joy to life Our joy is coming
joy is coming. I know it's coming. Come on, lift up a shout in the room. Hallelujah. If you know your joy is coming in the morning. We may endure for a night, but I believe that joy is coming in the morning. Joy is coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joy is coming. Come on, lift up your neighbor and say, joy is on the way. Matter of fact, your joy is already here. triumph in Christ Jesus. If you are standing in this place, if you've got breath in your lungs, if you can lift up your eyes, if you dress yourself, if you don't have to worry because joy is coming, that is our promise. And be ye not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Remember, saints, this place is not our home. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Those of us who call upon the name of Jesus, we are in a win-win situation. If we're here, we'll win because we can tell somebody about him. If we go, we win because we'll be with him. We win. Everybody say, I win. Hallelujah. We have a lot to celebrate. You may take your seats. For those of you who may just be joining us, I am Pastor Wendy Harmon, and I serve with this tall mug of mocha caramel latte, Pastor Ray. And though we've had a time of mourning, we are going to have a time of celebration right now, and we will celebrate and give honor to whom honor and celebration is due. And so we want to take this first Sunday in May to celebrate our high school graduates and our college graduates. Yeah. And so I missed Huddle this morning wrapping gifts. So do we have if somebody calling names or I'm just going to go from the Well, I, I, uh, I called an audible. Okay. So this was supposed to happen later. But we have a few of our graduates who have to, who have to leave and go to work. So we moved this part of the service up. But it's one of our traditions here at Converge Church where we celebrate our graduates. And it's just part of our DNA. Uh, we believe in giving honor to whom honor is due, and that is biblical. Uh, we're not going to do this alone. We have an incredible team of student leaders that help life-giving ministry happen uh, twice a month with converged students. Uh, so we're going to invite them to come. Now, uh, Coquetso Macafola, Trey Smith, Kriya Devereaux. Yeah, you can show them some love as they come. And Natasha Isom. And uh, because they serve... Uh, with these amazing students who are doing incredible things, uh, we want to go ahead and allow you guys to invite them to come and uh, all that good stuff and say what y'all got to say, uh, you know, all that fun stuff y'all say. We're super oh, proud of them, but I know you guys get to spend time with them and they're, they're really important to you as well. 
Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, like like Pastor A said, it's uh, it's one of those bittersweet moments for the leaders because it means that we have given all we could and now you leave us and go into the world. And our hope is that the seeds that have been planted, um, you take on and God will continue to help them grow and blossom until you bear fruit and then bear even much fruit. Um, so yeah, that's that's our hope as the leaders. Um, do you have anything else to say before? I was going to invite the graduating seniors to go ahead and come and join us up on the stage and we'll acknowledge you. High school seniors, my apologies. High school seniors, if you're a high school senior, I'd like to invite you to join us up here. We have five graduating. Kayla Belt, Veronica Askew, Samuel Scott, Zachariah Fadi El Nacha, aka Zuzu, and, and we also have Bria Steven Sorrow. Now y'all can act like excited like it's your babies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Alrighty, so go ahead. I was just gonna say we do have a gift for you. Make sure to grab your bag. There's individualized for each of you as you walk off the stage. And I just wanted to share real quick to each of you. You know, all of the leaders have had a chance to go in and highlight a specific verse and kind of initial it and date it so that, you know, you could kind of keep that connection with us, whether we know you personally uh, uh, for the last six months, last year, however many years, or, or, or maybe you're just here participating in this event. I do think that you'll find the highlighted scriptures will be meaningful and impactful for each of you. One of the ones I wanted to share with you that I chose was a little... Um, little different than your typical like hey here's a verse to go on but it's it's Luke chapter 8 verse 8 and it's Jesus giving the parable of the sower in verse 8 he says then some seed fell on good soil and produced a hundredfold return. And the reason why I picked that verse for each of you is because as you're launching in to your future, you're leaving everything you've known for the last 17, 18, 19 years, launching into something new. I want you to see yourself as a seed that will produce a hundredfold return. Don't put limitations on yourself. Yeah, absolutely, give them a hand. Don't put limitations, don't get so so restricted, restricted by a school or a major or a job or a career, but let your focus always be the deposit of greatness that God has already put inside of each of you. Amen. And that he has designed that deposit to produce a hundredfold return in and through each of your lives. And so as you've seen, um, um, we've had the names go across in the high school and the colleges that they're attending, the pictures as they go, and uh, let's just give them all a big round of applause. Yeah. Congratulations, Kayla, Samuel. All right, real quick, real quick, real, real, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, can I do this? Because because, cause I, uh, Pastor Ray loved the kids, man. Come on, come on. You may be seated. You may be seated. So Kayla, we're super excited about this because Kayla, you're heading to, listen to this, just down the street to Dallas, SMU. She's going to be an SMU Mustang. We're super excited about this. Listen, Samuel, Samuel Scott, uh, uh, soccer star man. Listen, uh, you'll probably see him one of these days on Team USA. Come on, heading to UCLA. Heading to UCLA. Come on, Amen, 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 Amen. All right, Veronica. All right, you're. Listen, we prayed for policymakers. Yes. Uh, 
Come on, somebody. Deronica is going to be studying political science as, at Florida A&M. Is that right? Come on. I'm coming off the dome because I love these babies. She's going to be a policymaker in Washington in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody. And then my dude is in the house. We call him Zuzu. His name is Zachariah. Why, why are you being shy? Yeah. Supermodel as well. Uh, uh, Zachariah. Uh, give me some dap. Uh, Zachariah belongs to Malak, man, and so we're deeply honored that you're here kicking it with us. Going to be studying law. It's a big deal. Big, big deal. And is it Bria? Bria, come on. Bria Stevens Sorrow in the house. Graduating from McKinney Boyd and headed, listen to this, uh, UDC, University of District of Columbia. Uh, DC is one of my favorite cities. Let's show our love one more time for these incredible scholars. As they graduate, on your way down, on your way down, we have a gift for each of you that's been personalized. And this is what we do, man. Uh, come on, baby. For all of our high school graduates, they get a John Maxwell Leadership Bible, right, uh, with their name inscribed on it. And then inside the Bible, uh, we have a note, an inspirational note that we wrote and then all of the leaders wrote. And then uh, also inside of the Bible, uh, as they thumb through, they'll see some verses highlighted uh, with our names next to them. Just some of our favorite verses that they can fall back on. And this is one of my favorite gifts this year. They also received, uh, 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 what's his name? I forget the admiral's name. But there was a viral video of a former Navy SEAL admiral uh, and uh, who spoke at the University of Texas. And his, his commencement uh, message was, make your bed. Have y'all seen that video? Absolutely incredible video. It is a video about uh, doing the small things. The book is now a New York Times bestseller. And so they each got a copy of that book in addition to the John Maxwell leadership. And I think we even gave them an Amazon gift card to get their, uh, um, their college shopping started. Is that right? This is Mike too. The gift card they will have to go fishing for. Oh, wow. Because you know that some somebody, not these kids, but other high school kids, they may say, oh man, they just gave us a Bible. Mm. So if they don't look, they don't receive. They don't receive. Seek and ye shall find. I like so, that. I like that. Yeah, so if, if they, they want to put it on the, the, the side of the bed or leave it in the car trunk, right. you will deny yourself a blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name. I shouldn't have said anything then that they had to. So now they're going to yeah, go look at it. Well, you know, sometimes, like, we have the words, so we have a little road map to help us. So you gotcha. should have said something. Your pastor is generous. So we just should have said a little something. A little something. But so they, they could be. So, Mama, if they just leave the bag somewhere and they're gone, you shall receive a blessing from the Lord. <laughs> Amen. You know, when you go to make up that bed. You right. know, to, to after they leave and yeah. you just want to check and you're going to see, they didn't even open the bag from church, <laughs> from Converge Church. Come on. Mother. Yes. <laughs> Amen. So we had five high school graduates. I believe we have four college graduates. We're going to acknowledge them quickly uh, because I know some of you have to leave. So we want to make sure you enjoy the entirety of today's worship experience. But our four college graduates, DJ Smith, are you in the house, DJ? Is DJ in the building? Come on down, Chandra. Everybody show your love for Chandra. Scott, as she comes. And uh, we celebrate you, uh, Miss Chandra, because Chandra has uh, two college graduates this year. Her son, DJ, uh, who just graduated 
from Eastern Michigan University. Not only that, y'all, DJ is also a certified pilot. Listen to me. We're raising up giants here at Converge Church. So listen, we honor and celebrate you. And uh, I know Sierra couldn't be here. Sierra, her daughter, is at Oklahoma University, and she's completing her second degree in nursing. Amen? Listen, I keep saying we're raising up giants here at Converge Church who are going to be exceptional in every area that God plants them. We just did the series called Chosen. That's what this is about that we have exceptional leaders who are going to be in nursing, exceptional leaders who are going to be in aviation and across the board. Uh, Brandon Steele, is Brandon Steele here? Brandon Steele. Is Brandon here? Okay, Brandon isn't here. And we have one more. Um, um, Henrietta, Henrietta Denai. Is Henrietta here? Come on down, Henrietta. Come on, move to the center of the stage. This is your moment. Center stage, right here. Come a little bit closer to this center. There you go. And uh, we have Henrietta Denai, uh, uh, postgraduate. Henrietta, postgraduate, is that right? Uh, uh, tell us what you just studied, graduated from, all that good stuff. Monvernon Nazarene University, Business Administration and Ministry. Business Administration <laughs> and Ministry. Awesome, awesome. So we celebrate our four college graduates this year, and we celebrate all that this means to you, your children, your families, and, uh, and this next milestone in your lives. Your, you too, or your, you get a gift, you get a gift, you, no, you get a gift, and uh, your kids get a gift, and then also Brandon, who couldn't be here this morning. Can we stretch our hands to them and pray for them? In Jesus' name, Father, we love you, we honor you, and we thank you, God for this incredible season of acceleration and elevation. God, we thank you that you've already gone before them to make every crooked path straight. God, I thank you for uncommon favor in everything they set their hands to. Lord, open doors that no man can shut and cause the work of their hands to prosper, to flourish. Father, we declare Psalm 138 and verse 8 over them that you will perfect everything that concerns them in Jesus' name, above only and never beneath, the head and never the tail, blessed going out and blessed coming in, in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. One more time for our college graduates. Congratulations. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. We love you. We love you, love you, love you. Fantastic.
Everybody's a little confused about what we're supposed to be doing because I called the audible. Andrea, why don't you come? I promise you we're going to go fast and furious. We're going to do some live announcements quickly, and then we're going to dive into the Word together. Are y'all ready for the Word this morning? Awesome, awesome, awesome. We're about to dive into the Word. We're going to go fast and furious. Miss Andrea, what we got? Well, first, we want to welcome everybody to Converge Live. Thank you guys for joining us in person. Thank you, Converge Nation, for joining us online. We also want to let the people know that if you guys want to stay connected with everything that God is doing in and through Converge, join us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at We Are Converge and TikTok at Converge Church. Be sure to like, be sure to share. Absolutely. Yes. What we got next? So we also have that our students are going to be meeting on the second and fourth Sunday of every month in The Verge. You've seen the fruit of some of that on stage. So if you have a sixth through 12th grade student, then have them connect with our leaders every second and fourth Sunday in The Verge at 10 a.m. And then we have a few save the dates. So the first one is uh, we're going to talk about the thousand pound challenge. That the thousand pound challenge, y'all. Listen. That's why I'm up here, because we started on Monday, May 1st. Brooks and Chastity, why don't you stand? Uh, and so they've been walking our church through this incredible program. Uh, I think there's about 35, 40 of you that signed up. Uh, in fact, 21. I think we had 21 show up for boot camp yesterday. Uh, I came out for a little bit. I, I, I didn't stay. I did stay, but here's why I didn't stay. A good friend of mine uh, at Amazing Church, uh, Pastors Derek and Ilya Golden, they were doing their groundbreaking, groundbreaking for their new facility. Derek and Ilya are good friends of ours. And listen, it was so much fun. Uh, it's not too late. Can people still sign up if they want to participate? It's not too late. I mean, the, the fellowship, the community was absolutely incredible. Is that right for those who came? Fantastic time. Uh, listen, prioritize your health. Prioritize your fitness. It's happening here uh, through the fitness challenge, but we have the boot camps on Saturday yes. morning. Yes. And listen, some of the couples, some people are making it a husband and wife thing because people don't realize this. But when uh, uh, Willard wrote his book, His Needs, Her Needs, uh, a man's number five basic need is recreational companionship. So this is an awesome opportunity for you to get out there with your spouse, with your significant other, and work out together because that's a basic need that men have recreational companionship. There were a few husband-wife teams out there on Saturday. It was fantastic. Yes. So if you need more information, you can send an email to Tyler Family Fitness, all one word, TylerFamilyFitness at gmail.com, and they'll get all the details over. Awesome. Next thing we want to talk about is Mother's Day. Uh, I ain't got a whole lot to say about that other than, ladies, y'all should be shopping for your big hats and pearls. Come on, somebody. Listen, we're going to have old school church next Sunday. Uh, we're going to be real churchy. Ladies, make sure big hats and pearls. We got some surprises for you. Uh, Pastor Wendy's going to bring in, be bringing the word, but make sure you're here early because we have a lot of surprises for all you amazing moms. It's going to be incredible. And get here early because if you like me and you grew up in old school church, when they had the big hats, you couldn't see. So you want to be close to the front. Yes, ma'am. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. And then ConvergeNet. We want to talk about ConvergeNet. Yes. So I talked about ConvergeNet a couple of weeks ago. This is something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, I said it a couple of times earlier. We're raising up champions here at Converge. So ConvergeNet is our business networking group. We, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, 
We have a ton of movers and shakers in the marketplace. You just don't know who's sitting next to you. We have about five or six HR executives, man. If you're in transition, looking for a new opportunity, if you need some interviewing skills, uh, resume building, all that kind of stuff, this is going to be the kickoff. It's going to be a lunch and learn. We will provide lunch. It's going to be on Sunday, May 21st. It's an incredible opportunity for you to be in the room with movers and shakers and this could it could accelerate your next level so we're inviting everybody entrepreneurs self-employed just looking to grow man and you just want to be better this is what the scripture says walk with the wise and you'll be wiser still and so we want to create environments where you can be wiser and grow to the next level in your professional life uh chuck where's chuck and sabrina why don't you guys stand Chuck and Sabrina, if you have any questions, uh, Chuck and Sabrina will answer your questions for you. And then uh, uh, make sure you check your email. Uh, this week, we'll have a Sign Up Genius link for the head count so we know how many people are going to come. But it's going to be Sunday, May 21st, immediately following Converge Live. So approximately 12 o'clock on Sunday, May 21st. That's all I have. That's all you have? Yes, sir. Fantastic. Uh, Pastor Jesse, is Pastor Jesse here? Come on, Pastor Jesse. And then I promise you, we're going to dive into the word. We've saved the best for last. Pastor Jesse, why don't you come? Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Are you glad to be here? Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Say I'm blessed. Look at your neighbor and say you blessed. Say we all blessed. Hey, call me. That's enough to shout on. Let's shout a little bit. All right. Thank you so much for coming. We're so excited that you're here. The Bible teaches us in Deuteronomy 8 and 18 that it is God that gives us the power to get wealth. Said, thank God. So when we have increase, when we're blessed, God has blessed us with these abilities, with the power, with the knowledge and the skill to go out and to increase our resources. And then the Bible says that we are to honor the Lord with everything that we own. Amen. And so we get a chance to do that this morning, to bless the Lord with our increase. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. I ple I, I, the Apostle Paul said, uh, I beseech you. <laughs> I beseech you this morning to fill your envelope out in its entirety, to make sure that it's readable. Uh, we can read most things. If you give me your your email, then I will do my best to read. Those are the hardest things sometimes when you don't write those emails. It's a little, I have to get my wife, baby, come in here, I need some help. And so she, she and I are looking at the envelope. Is that an A or an E? What is that? So just fill them out so that we can read them. Because we do use, I do use those to update information that we may have on you in our system. So please fill out the envelope in its entirety. You can also give online at weareconverge.com. You can also download our app. And you can give by clicking on the icon there. You can also give by texting 77977-GIVE. And you can put the dollar amount there and you can give that way as well. We can also receive your gifts through Zelle. And we can receive your gifts through Cash App. If you use Zelle, please use the email accounting at weareconverged.com associated with our account. And we would appreciate it so much. All right. Look at someone. I'm excited. Say, I like to give. I love to give. It feels good to give. Say it again. It feels good to give. Have you ever given something that felt good? Don't you feel good when you give something? 
Amen. The Bible says, don't show up to the Lord's house without something in your hand to give. That's what it says. Deuteronomy. Give something. Give something. Bow your heads and let's thank God for how he's blessed us. Let's thank God for how he's given us the ability to get wealth. And let's thank God that we have the mind, the heart, the attitude that we want to give. Father, we thank you this morning. We bless your name this morning. God, we're excited. We're happy. We're not sad about giving our tithes and offerings. God, we're excited about it. And we thank you that you put this joy in our hearts. God, that you give us the ability to give, the resources. God, it is all about you blessing us. And so, God, we get to give back to you. And it's for a purpose. It's for a reason that we can see the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ grow in our community. God, that we will have the necessary resources to reach out, the necessary resources to love, the necessary resources to build the kingdom of God. God, we can't. It is you, God. We do our part, and you give the increase. And so we know it's about you giving increase. And so we thank you today, God, as we give our tithes and offerings happily, hilariously, as we give them, O oh Lord, that you bless them, and that you can achieve what you want to achieve right here at Converge Church in McKinney, Texas. Thank you, Father. Bless your people as we give today. In Jesus' name, let us all say together, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Pastor Jesse. Thank you, Ray Harmon. Amen. Well, are you ready for the word this morning, Converge Church? In person and those of you joining online, well, listen, um, we're about to dive into the word, uh, but I, uh, we're going to go a little bit off script today and simply because uh, we have a very special guest speaker uh, this morning and, and it was very intentional, very deliberate. Uh, and the reason I asked this individual to speak this morning is because this individual is not only an able minister of the gospel, not only an effective communicator of the gospel, uh, this individual is also an educator. And with it being graduation Sunday, I wanted to hear, I wanted us to hear uh, from someone who is an educator, who's in the academic space, who has a word, uh, not just for our graduates, but also for all the families represented here this morning. Now, I want you to listen with an open heart, and, uh, and because uh, what he's going to share is going to impact you as well. It's a word not just for the graduates, it's for each and every one of us. I met our speaker about three and a half years ago, and we quickly became good friends. Uh, they've been a part of what God's doing here at Converge, I believe, since late last year or the beginning of this year. Uh, you've kind of seen him sneaking around, uh, taking pictures. Uh, that's one of the things, one of the skills in his bag. Uh, but today we get to hear from him. Uh, he's also a former associate pastor, served at a great church, I believe, in the Kansas area. Is that right? Missouri area, and uh, we're glad this morning to have my friend, your friend, our friend, Justin Belt, ministering this morning as he comes. Let's show him a loudy, loud, and proud. <laughs> I'm good. That was a memorable entrance. Come on, somebody. You will not forget Justin Belt. All right, Justin's going to preach, and I'm going to have to order a new pulpit. Are you good? Sorry about that, man. I kept backing up. Y'all should have warned me. His Bible. Where is it? Oh, here it is. 
Oh, you know what? I broke, I broke the lip on the lectern that's supposed to hold the Bible. So how you gonna do this, bro? Let's bring him a bistro. <laughs> the bistro, the flat tabletop for his Bible. All right. You good? We good. Sorry, man. That was a bad setup. But figure it out. It's on you. <laughs> I mean, as a teacher, you know, you just kind of take this stuff and keep rolling, right, Pastor Wendy? You just, you keep it moving. Hey, I am glad to be here. Uh, I'm so glad to be here this morning. And uh, when, when Pastor Ray first asked me to, to give a 10-minute charge, I was good. And then he said, hey, I want you to do the whole message. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> but again, we're so glad to be here. My wife and two of my five are sitting on the front row. We've been converged adjacent for about three years. Uh, we would come when you all were meeting in the Angelica Theater, and we formally joined um, in January of this year. We're so glad to be here. I tell you, y'all, I tell you, Converge is built different. Y'all are built, y'all are built different. And um, when I tell you that we're, we're glad that God has orchestrated our steps and brought us here, uh, I mean it from the bottom of my heart with all sincerity. Now, all of that said and done, okay, we're going to jump into the Word. Anybody excited about the Word of God this morning? Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is special for me, you know, not just because our firstborn, my baby girl, my baby, Kayla, is going to be a senior this year. And I'm not going to dwell on that too much because I'm trying to save my tears for the graduation because I didn't share too many already. Help me, Lord. Um, but, but all of the graduates, 2023, if I don't know you, understand, please know that I have prayed for you in this message. I have prayed hard for you. And I, I believe uh, that this is a word that is going to help you in this next season of life. Uh, but Converge, don't y'all sleep, because this message is just as much for them as it is for you all. Y'all hear me out there? This is for all, this is for us, because I'm included in this as well. So this message is, is simple, but it's also loaded, and it, and it boils down to four words. And those four words are, and as you go and as you go. And so our anchor text this morning is in Matthew chapter 10, uh, verses 5 through 8. Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 8. And it says from the New King James Version, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them saying, do not go into the way of the Gentiles and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, somebody say, and as you go. Preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, we know Jesus had chosen his disciples, okay? And at, like a good teacher, he, he is sending them out, and, and he gives them their instructions. Like in the classroom, we have to provide lesson plans and a learning target for our students. So Jesus is providing the learning target for his, for his students, and he's telling them where to go. And then he tells them what to do. 
But what gets me excited about this is not the go preach the word, go heal the sick, go cast out the demons. What really excites me are those four words, and as you go, because it establishes an expectation. Now, I want to camp right here for a minute, and I need y'all to hear me. Graduates, high school students, adults, I need you to hear me. Expectations matter to God. We live in a time in our world, in society, where people look at expectations like it's a dirty four-letter word. But let me tell you, without expectations, the potential that God has placed inside of you will never become the pearl that he's prepared it to be. See, expectations come with pressure. What else is produced with pressure? Let me think about this. Oh, diamonds. Diamonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is a diamond inside of you that will never come out of you unless you are placed in situations and in environments where the expectations that God has placed on your life is not rubbing you and and you're scratching at it and and it's uncomfortable and you feel the discomfort. But what you don't know that's happening on the inside of you is that God is taking that potential. God is taking that potential and he is forming it and shaping it, and he's molding it into that diamond and into that pearl. So we, we don't despise expectations, Converge Church. We embrace them. I work with students every day who despise expectation and do everything that they can to cast off the expectations of their parents. See, society will tell you that nobody's expectations matter for you except your own. That cannot be the farthest from the truth because the God in heaven who placed you here right now on purpose, for a purpose, expects you to do stuff. It's like the master who gave, it's like the master who gave the servants the talents, right? Didn't our pastor talk about this here recently? Right, right, right. Uh, So he, he left them the talents and he said, just do whatever you want. No, he expected them to do stuff. He gave them substance. He gave them resources, and he wanted them to enhance the resources. See what we're doing, y'all. We spend so much time praying, God, show me how to use my gift. Show me how to use my gift. Show me how to use, but we won't serve. I'm sorry. Y'all don't know me, and I'm already coming for you. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We say, God, refine us. We sing, we sing the Maverick City song about how God is a refiner. We're like, God, refine me, refine me, refine me. But when God gives you an encouraging word to give to somebody else, you won't give it. Expectations. See, God expects us to do stuff. And, you know, this whole thing about and as you go, it's a connector. But it's also a transition. It's a transition from simply going because so many of us, we go, 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 go. But what do we have to show for it? Like, what are we doing with it? And so what Jesus is telling his disciples essentially is, yes, it's good. I'm sending you to go. (laughs) I'm sending you to go. However, I have expectations of you for what you will do as you are going. See, Jesus is not sending you to go just because he needs somebody to go. Jesus is sending you because he's placed something inside of you that he wants to bring out as you are walking along that pathway. You're not just walking just for exercise. This ain't no treadmill. You are walking a journey, 
And the purpose of that journey is so that what God has placed inside of y'all, somebody needs what God has placed inside of you. Graduates, this world needs what God has placed inside of you. And as you go. So this morning I want to talk about five, five things. For you to remember, graduates, as you are going into this next season of life, Converge Nation, I want to give you five things for you to remember in this season and as this church moves forward, because I'm seeing it play out in the life of this church and I'm loving it, but I want to call them, I want to call them out. So number one, as you go, guard your heart. Why? Because Proverbs 4.23 says, for out of the heart flows all of the issues of life. See, your heart provides the perspective. It provides the lens. See, we, 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 we exist in the world through the lens of our heart. We often think it's our eyes, but it's not our eyes. It's our heart. What's in your heart is going to color. Like when somebody comes at you wrong, if your heart ain't right, you come, you're going to come right back at them. Or if somebody's giving you constructive criticism, if your heart's not right, you're going to think they're coming for your neck, but they're not coming for your neck. That's God through them trying to help you to be better. See, so we have to guard our hearts because out of our hearts flows all of the issues of life. Proverbs 27.3 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So even more than your mindset, and I talk about mindset a lot, but even more than your mindset, it's your heart set. Right? Because, see, our heart, it shapes us. And I know we know people who have had their hearts broken, and they're different. People who have suffered major disappointment from loved ones or life, they're different. People who hold on to unforgiveness and offense, they're different. Let me tell you what's happening there. See, our hearts become twisted around the unforgiveness. Our hearts become twisted around uh, the offense. <clears throat> our hearts become twisted around uh, all of these things, the shame, all of these things that God did not mean for our hearts to be twisted around. God meant for our hearts to only be twisted around him. So when we allow these other things to come in and get us all twisty, we're allowing unforgiveness and shame and disobedience and offense to mutate the perfection that God originally in, uh, created us to exist in. And so we guard our hearts. And see, graduates, for some of you, it's going to be the first time that you have not been around your family 24-7 since you've been born. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I need to tell you that not everybody that you're going to meet means good for you. There will be people who just want to hurt you. There will be people who just want to use you. However, here's the reason why you guard your heart. There is a thing that is called discernment. So that when you see that devil starting to come toward you, yes, and I'm going to call him a devil because it's a spirit. So when those people are coming toward you, you can look at them and you can say, huh, nope, nope, not today, Satan. Because Satan means you no good. And the world often means you no good. So when you stay planted in Jesus, when you stay planted in God, Jesus says, I'm the vine. You are the what? You are the branches. That means that when we are abiding in Jesus, he is actually nourishing us. 
He's opening our eyes. He's opening our hearts. He's opening us up to the love that he has for us in this world so that we are a direct representation. Our fruit should look like the fruit of the vine. Check your fruit. Right, we go in Walmart, we squeeze that fruit to see if it's overripe or under. We look at those bananas. If they're green, hmm, I don't know about y'all. Check your fruit. Check your fruit. If your fruit is not looking like the vine, maybe it's time to reconnect. Amen. Amen. So we stay planted. Number two, as you go, guard your hearts. Guard your words, sorry. As you go, guard your words. Matthew 12, 34 says, O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Simply put, what you allow into your heart comes out of your mouth. You know, it's said that uh, our present is shaped by the words that we spoke in the past. And our future will be shaped by the words that we're saying right now. And I think that's true because Proverbs 18, 20 through 21 says, the power of life and death are in the tongue and they who love it will eat its fruit. Now, what fruit are we talking about? So I want you to engage in a thought experiment with me. Is that okay? All right. So I want you to imagine that every word that you say is a seed. So when you're speaking, you are literally shooting seeds all over the place. Some are falling on you. Some are falling on other people. Some are falling into circumstances. Some are falling into your decisions. Now let's take this a little bit deeper. Imagine that your heart is the seed-producing factory. Now, a factory is only as good as the workers who work in that factory because, right, I used to work in a supplier for Nissan. We, we made the, the frames for the Nissan Armada and the Titan. It was my first job out of school. I was a welder with these hands. Hallelujah. I was a welder. And on the line, before they let us touch the frame, we went through a four-week course, unpaid, on welding because what they knew was that if I put people on this line who don't know how to weld, then they're going to be a lot of upset people when they buy these vehicles. I can't have a transmission falling out of a vehicle because Justin put a bad weld on the transmission crossbar. The same thing with your heart. What you allow into your heart, who you allow into your heart, will determine the kind of seed that you produce. So you mean to tell me that some of the reasons why a lot of things in my life are not working right are because I've allowed bad things into my heart. That's exactly what I'm saying, y'all. You can't expect a business to run well with bad employees. You can't expect your heart to run the way that God wants it to run when we're allowing anything and everything into our heart because what fills your heart is going to come out. Y'all, so I also kind of work as a life coach, right? If we were to sit down and talk, and I'm sure pastors would tell you the same thing. If you sit down and talk for enough time, we know what's on your heart. We know what you're filling your life with because it, 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 your mouth can't help it. Your, your heart can't help it. What's in there is going to come out. You can put your hands over your mouth. You can turn around. You can put tape over your mouth. At some point, that mouth is going to open, and what's in your heart is going to lay your life bare. And, y'all, if we are not allowing 
the word of God to be the abundant thing in our heart, then we're speaking the seed of the world. We're spreading the seed of the world. And when we spread the seed of the world, see, we often don't think about the end result. We just, we don't even think about the seed part. We just look at the fruit. But if we think about the seed portion, Every time we speak the seed of the world out into the atmosphere, we are speaking fruit of death and destruction. So many things in our lives might be better if we chose to speak the word. So as you go, guard your words. As you go, Guard your dreams. Now, this is a big one for me. And I want to state the obvious here. God has implanted you with a dream. And not just that. You just don't have a dream, but you are a dream that God has placed here in human form in the earth. Think about that. That is just lovely. Hallelujah. Now, last week, Pastor Ray gave... I think it was a master class on, on ways to test, your, to test your dreams. He had these 10 tests to run your dreams through. If you didn't catch it last week, please go and catch it because it was really, really good. And one of the things that he said, he said was, sometimes it's not that the dream is not ready. I mean, it's not real. It's just not ready. Now, I want to add something to that humbly because my pastor preached the paint off the walls last week, but I want to add one thing to it. Sometimes our dreams fail because we either don't tell the right people or we're too eager to tell the wrong people. Now, we're quick to talk about the wrong people aspect of it, and I'm going to get there. But here's what I need you to know. Some of y'all are sitting here, Lord forgive me, constipated with a dream from God. Because you won't tell nobody. You won't let it out. Y'all, dreams do not come true in a vacuum. Your dream is not going to come true just because you grind in your way through life. Just like God gave you a dream, God has placed people here in the earth to support you in bringing that dream to life. Somebody's going to hear your idea. Somebody's going to hear you speaking, and God's going to move on their heart to be that angel investor, or they will have the skill set that you need to bring that dream to pass. Yo, your dream is not going to happen just because you keep praying hard enough for it. At some point, you have to trust God to surround you with the right people. And you have to open yourself up to believe, God, if you've given me this dream, you are faithful to surround me with the right people to bring it to pass, y'all. But, inversely, they're also the wrong people. And these are often the people that we find, right? Like, I want to go to school and I want to major in, hmm, I want to major in becoming a pastry chef. So I go tell somebody in my family, that person in my family says, oh, that's dumb. How are you going to support yourself? How are you going you gonna to live with your parents forever? And they're going to get tired of what you doing. And yo, what happens is, what happens is we allow the voices of the negative people to become louder than the voice of God. 
I'm here to charge you and to tell you, graduates and non-graduates alike, that if God has called you to it, you be obedient to it. <clears throat> if nobody else supports you, the song says, though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. And if God is the author of your dreams, then you have to believe that he is the authority in it. So if my daughter were to tell me, I want to do this, even if I can't see it, if she tells me, I believe God has called me to it, my job as her parent, listen to me, parents, because <clears throat> sometimes we are so protective of our kids that we sometimes are protecting them from God. Instead of encouraging them in the ways of God and to hear God for themselves and to trust that they can hear from God, God can say, I want you to do this. They come to us. Oh, but have you prayed and fasted? Have you tarried? Are you saved? Come on, let's go baptize you. Instead, y'all, my daughter, my daughter Kayla, I'm sorry, Kayla, I love you. She came, she came to us, and she told us she wants to be a dance instructor, a dance educator. I think that is beautiful. Beautiful. Now, I never once had a check in my spirit where I should tell her, nope, go find something else. Because we have raised our children to hear from God for yourself my salvation can't save you. God speaking to me might not be what he's speaking to you. Y'all, we have to trust our kids and quit protecting them from what God is telling them to do. We have to allow them to hear from God. And if mistakes are made along the way, guess what? We're parents. We don't toss our kids away because they make mistakes. God doesn't toss us away because we make mistakes. I've heard God wrong more times than I can count, but God still says, son, I love you. You're still on the pathway. You cannot guard your dreams so much where the people God brings to you never hear about it, but you also have to guard them from the people who definitely mean you no good. Now, I want to tell you just really quickly something about myself. When I was 22 years old, I remember sitting in my, my Fort Temple, Burgundy Red, I had just come home, and my then-girlfriend, future wife, she got, me, she got me through those math classes, y'all. Hallelujah. That degree is partially hers. I don't mind admitting it. But um, so I'm sitting in my car, and I'm listening to this song called 911 by Kirk Franklin and T.D. Jakes. Maybe some of y'all remember it. But every time I would listen to this song, toward the end of the song, there was a prayer. And I would always feel this pull toward God to pray that prayer, but I'd always cut the song off. Like, when you know God is calling, you're like, nope, mm -mm, not me, not me. You're not going to get me, Lord. You, mm -mm, not me, Lord. Hallelujah. Um, now, this time, and what I had told nobody was that for a solid year, I had been hearing God in my head speaking to me a single word, preach, every day for 365 days. I'd heard him in my head, and I kept ignoring him because I thought that because everybody else in my life said I was going to be a preacher, I'm just hearing echoes of them wishing something on me. I, you're going to have to hit me yourself, God. 
And I changed my cell phone number. No, I had a pager at that time. I changed my pager number. This night, I sat in my car, and the prayer part came on. And for some reason, I, I started saying the words before I even knew what was happening. That was the first time I had an encounter with God. I, 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 I identify with Paul saying that he, saying he was knocked off of his donkey because I was literally almost knocked out of my car. And then I knew God was calling me to preach and God was calling me to pastor. Now, here's the thing on dreams, y'all. When God gives you that dream, it's going to be really easy to take God's dream and flip it into uh, what you really want. Right, so when God said, I want you to preach, I want you to pastor, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a mega church. They're going to call me the Rainbow Reverend because I'm going to have a different suit on every Sunday. We're going to reach our community for God. It's going to be great. Fast forward 20 years. I've preached maybe 40 times in that 20 years. That 20 years has been filled with me questioning God. God, how dare you? Call me into something that you have not prepared a way for me to even, what, what is this? And I'm being real with you. Can I be real? Can I be real? Because see, sometimes when God gives you dreams, those dreams hurt. The poem says, what happens to a dream that is unfulfilled? A dream that doesn't come true. Does it shrivel up like a raisin in the sun? If you're not careful, the dream that God gives you will shrivel you up. And it's not because God is shriveling you up. It's because you're taking what God said in a spiritual way and you're applying it according to your own understanding and what you've seen and what you've experienced. Three years ago, during the pandemic, I started a TikTok. I didn't dance except for maybe one time with Kayla. But I started just praying on that, on that, on that TikTok. And people started responding to it. And I started getting followers, and I just kept praying and kept praying and kept praying for a year. All I did was pray for people on TikTok. Then I switched over to Instagram Reels when I started life coaching, and I started giving encouraging words to entrepreneurs and dreamers and creators because I felt like that's what God wanted me to do, and people started responding to that. Y'all, in 20 years, I've preached in a church 40 to 50 times. In the last three years, I've talked to people every day via 30, 60, or 90-second videos almost a thousand times. When Pastor Ray talks about how God is sending his gifts, his people, into the seven pillars of society, I am a living, breathing example. You don't have to be in a church to preach or to pastor or to sing. Do you hear what I'm telling you? Your dream. We often assume, we often assume that when God gives you a dream, it's for the church. But there are people in these seven pillars who need Jesus even more than people in the church. And so when I discovered that I don't have to just be a preacher or a pastor in a church, I can preach and pastor people on social media that I will never meet. But every day they get something that gives them a bit of Jesus and something to keep them going. Is that not God? And I only say that because some of you were sitting here and you were waiting on permission to step onto a platform. You're waiting on your invite to join the worship team, or you're waiting on your invite because you have a word in your heart from the Lord to be invited onto the pulpit. Y'all, I don't even care. It's been four years since I've preached a single word from a pulpit, and even though I'm overjoyed to do that, 
I know that every day God is using me to reach somebody. I don't care if one person watches it or if 15,000 people watch it. The word of God is the word of God. The promise of God is the promise of God. The purpose of God is the purpose of God. And so it doesn't matter where it's used. God never said that I'm going to use you only in church with church folks. And let a dying world go to hell. What do you have inside of you right now that God is saying, quit trying to give it to the church and start giving it to your coworker? Quit trying to give it to the church and give it to your server at the restaurant where they think church folks don't even know God because we don't tip them well. Not at Converge. Not at Converge. I'm sorry. We don't do that here in Converge. But y'all, do you hear what I'm saying? When Pastor Ray talked about those seven, pil- those seven pillars, it's prophetic because it is a release for some of you who have been so tied up in knots because the church couldn't use you. And God is saying to you, it's because I didn't need them to use you in a church building. And there is a wide open space outside this building for you to impact for my name. Mm, somebody just got free right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. As you go, number four, don't disqualify yourself. Hey, so uh, in Fight Club, a little group that I go to called Fight Club with a lot of men who love the Lord, we have been talking about bad boys of the Bible and the God who loves them. Now, not bad boys like, you know, Puff Daddy and Biggie Smalls. Oh, that went right over somebody's head. I ain't been saved all my life like some of y'all. I thought I told you that we won't. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. But in our last last get-together, Pastor Ray was talking about Abraham. Uh, And he took us to a group of scripture, uh, some scripture in Hebrews 11. And we're going to go there in just a moment. Um, And he talked about how what we see in Hebrews 11 doesn't match up perfectly with what we see in Genesis. And so he released us to our groups, and we started looking at this thing. And I want to read to you Hebrews 11, uh, 8 through 11. And it says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out into the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself uh, also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, if you look at Abraham in Hebrews chapter 11, my dude looks pristine. Never had a slip up. Hallelujah. Abraham never messed up, never made a mistake. Oh my gosh, how am I going to live up to that example? But if you look back in Genesis, my boy has some issues. Let's see. Number one, uh, he brought his nephew Lot along when, when God was like, no, don't, don't do that, man. Uh, number two, why y'all going to love this? He told a king that his wife was his sister. Now, yes, yeah, but still, just <laughs> flow with me. 
Dr. Jones made sure we knew that that was correct in that meeting, by the way. And then he also had this little, this little issue, um, maybe y'all heard of it, where he slept with uh, Sarah's maidservant and had a son named Ishmael. But we don't hear about any of that in the, the Cliff's Notes version of Abraham's life. You have to go back to Genesis to see about all the ways that he messed up. And, yo, we talked about this, and we, and we wrestled with it like, what, what, what is it saying? I'm going to tell you what it's saying. The call on God for your life is not revoked because you messed up. Hey, somebody ought to shout right now because I know I done messed up and fessed up and messed up again. And God says my call on your life has not been revoked. We are quick to disqualify ourselves. We are quick to look at ourselves and say, Justin, you messed up again, my boy. Go sit down. God can't use you. Satan is quick to say, God can't use you because you messed up. But the Spirit of God is saying to you right now, oh, I want to use you because you messed up. I want people to know about my goodness in your life, about my restoration in your life, about my reconciliation in your life. I don't care how many times you messed up. It's about how many times you get up and you trust me. So converge, church, graduates, don't you dare disqualify yourself. Don't you dare disqualify what God has qualified. Don't you dare speak against the purpose that God has purposed in your life. Because despite your missteps, we serve a God who tells you to get up and just keep moving forward. I used to think that when I messed up, I'd have to start all the way back on the bottom rung. But when I learned that the faithfulness, the grace and mercy of God is powerful enough, it's potent enough to pick me up from where I am and say, son, just keep on walking in the direction. Keep walking in the path. I rejoice because I serve a God who is not going to disown me even when I want to disown myself. You serve a God who's not going to disown you because he loves you. And graduates, listen, you're going to mess up. That's life. But don't you dare allow yourself or the world or Satan to convince you that because you mess up, you are unworthy of the grace and the love of God. And I can't say that enough because I know I've made that mistake many times. But I know when you've lived, you know that even though you've messed up, the blood of Jesus is always enough to clean you up, somebody. Come on. And number five, as you go, remember who you are. So when I was writing my first book, God gave me a line that has helped me so many times, and I'm going to give it to you. And that line is simply this. When you know who you are, you know what you can do. When your identity is secure, then your purpose is solid. <laughs> and I want to let you know that we serve a God. See, we're walking around in this world, so many of us, I don't know who I am. I hear that from my high schoolers all, all the time. I don't know who I am, Mr. Belt. Y'all, we serve a God who is not hidden who you are. It's not a secret. 
He wants you to know who you are because he knows that if he doesn't tell you, then the world is going to tell you. And see, we live in a time right now where people are saying, you got to have all these experiences before you can know who you are. You got to sleep with all these folks before you know what your husband or wife is supposed to look like. And God is over here pointing at his word saying, no, 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 that's, that's not, that's, have y'all read this? It gives God great pleasure to reveal to you who you are. And he smiles every time one of us really begins to understand it. But see, it's not a thing of simply knowing. Because there's a thing called, you can have head knowledge, but it not translate to your heart, right? We have to be about the business of actively choosing to identify with who God has defined us as. Because if we don't, we're going to identify with everybody else in the world. And the voice of God will become smaller and smaller in our lives. It's no secret who God has called you to be. Pastor Ray said something a few weeks ago. He talked about how before we jump off into doing the things that God wants us to do, maybe we should just sit and get to know who he is. The more you know who God is, the more he unlocks who you are. So maybe it's a case of you not spending enough time with God for him to fully unlock you. I mean, but he's right, though. Like, if you're just coming to me just asking me for stuff and I don't know you, who are you again? But when I know you, it delights me. It brings me so much joy to open up all of the treasure that I have for you and the treasure's already implanted inside of you, but he is the key. He's the key. And if you really want to know who you are first, find out who he is. Ephesians chapter 1 is powerful for me. It has been a verse that has pulled me out of so many dark places in my life. Um, and I want to just talk about it just real quick with you. It, it should be on the screens right now. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 8. It says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us, excuse me, and shows us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. And I'm going to stop there because I want to give you the cliffs notes of these verses because they are powerful. Here's who you are. You are blessed. You are loved. You are chosen. Come on, last person chosen for the football team. You are chosen. You are adopted. You are predestined. You're already planned for. You are redeemed. You are forgiven. Here's what I want to do. Repeat after me. Say, I am. I, am. I need you to say it like you mean it. Say, I am. I am. Blessed. blessed. Loved. Love. Chosen. Love. Adopted. Love. Predestined. Redeemed, forgiven. I need you to say it like you mean it this time. I am blessed, loved, a chosen, adopted, predestined, redeemed, forgiven. That's who you are. 
<laughs> put it in your wallet, put it in your purse, tape it to your forehead. You have to actively choose. God has given us the word. The word is not going away. It's not going to be rendered void. It is powerful. It is able to cut you away from who you think you are and graft you into who God says that you are, but you have to make the conscious choice that this is who I'm going to identify with. When I wake up in the morning, I'm blessed and I'm chosen and I'm redeemed and I'm forgiven. On lunch break, when my coworkers got on my nerves, I'm still blessed. I'm still chosen. On Thursday morning, when I've messed up Monday through Wednesday, I'm still blessed. I'm still chosen. I'm still... Y'all don't hear me. The word is powerful. And when you speak the word over your life, you begin to reap the benefits. Y'all know people who have understood and grasped this. And you've seen the transformation in their lives. Why not you? Is the word not for all of us? If you are struggling with who you are, get in the word. I remember sitting in the Angelica Theater, Pastors Rand Wendy, y'all might remember this. Rick Patella was leading worship. And um, he was premiering this song that Israel was going to put on an upcoming, on an upcoming album. Whew. And uh, the, the song said, I am loved by you. I'm loved by you. I am loved by you. I am accepted. Oh, I am accepted. Yo, I cried like a baby. For every moment in my life when I rejected me, maybe you can't, re maybe you can't relate to that, but I've rejected myself more times than people have rejected me. But to hear God say, you are loved by me, son. You are accepted. You have no reason to, to, you have no reason to reject yourself. When everybody else rejects you, I'm still here, down, ten toes down, my boy, ten toes down for you. You are accepted. Something in my life healed because I'm accepted. Because you are accepted and you have a seat at God's table. Huh. God is challenging us this morning, graduates. God is challenging us, converse, to remember who we are. Like I, I think about this moment from the Lion King. It's probably the, 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 the climax. Simba is out there with his homies, Timon and Pumbaa. They're living a good life. Nala comes out because the Pride Lands have been just destroyed by Scar and his hyenas. And she's out looking for food or something beneficial for the Pride Lands. And she stumbles upon Simba, and they're so excited. But then they have a, a serious moment where she's like, Simba, you're the king. You've got to come back. Your people need you. Your mom needs you. And Simba's like, I'm not the king. I'm not that person that you, you, that you thought that I was. I'm not. I'm out here. I'm in the wilderness. I'm, I'm a hakuna matadying myself. I'm eating all the grub worms and all that delicious, disgusting stuff. I'm not that person. I'm not the king anymore. Simba gets mad and he runs off, runs into Rafiki. Rafiki says, I know where your father is. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> and so Simba goes and he, he looks through the high grass and there's some water there. And Simba looks in the water and he sees himself and then ripples start. Rafiki touches the water, the ripples come. And then he sees his father's face. And then there is this amazing moment where the clouds darken and we see cloud Mufasa beginning to form. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And, and, and James Earl Jones says it in his way. I can't say it the way he said, but he just says, Simba, remember. <laughs> and Simba's like, Cloud Daddy? Um, and Mufasa says again, remember, Converge, graduates, as I wrap up, we need to remember. We need to remember who God has created you to be. You need to remember what God has called you to do. You need to remember who you are in Christ. You need to remember that your heart is precious to him, that your words are powerful, that, you, that your dreams are necessary and they are gifts from him, that you are not disqualified. You need to remember who you are because when you remember who you are, you remember what you were created to do. And when you remember all of those things, you are undefeatable in this life, the gates of hell cannot prevail against somebody who chooses to remember and identify with what God has said and what God has spoken over your life. I'm talking to everybody here, even my seasoned saints. Some of you have forgotten the power that God wants to bring forth in your life. You think everybody's forgotten about you, but God says, I still see you and I still have work for you to do. And it's not just mentorship. There is original work that I want you to do. There's a business in some of you and you're like, I'm too old for a business. God says, no, you're not. There's a business for you. Some of you say, I'm too young for a business. I'm too young to start that nonprofit. I'm too young for this. Don't disqualify what God has qualified. Remember who God has called you to be. And just be it. Just do it. So my prayer for you this morning, graduates first, my prayer is that you would know that you have been anointed for something amazing that you may not understand now that feels too big for you right now. My prayer for you is that the plans you have, they may change, they may shift. But the one thing that you can hold on to is that God is with you. And that with God, because he cannot fail, no matter the missteps you make, he will get you back on the pathway to accomplishing what you've been created to accomplish. My prayer is for this church, Father God, let us be a church who actively remembers and chooses to identify with who you have called us to be and what you have called us to do. And let us not be afraid and shrink back from the expectations that come with your calling because you are expecting things from us to bring diamonds and pearls out of us. God, we thank you for this time. We love you, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Yeah.
Justin. Justin, don't go nowhere, man. Come on back. Come on, let's show our love. Listen. Thank you. You, you may remain standing because I won't let y'all go, but listen. That message was filled with so many truth bombs. Uh, not nuggets, truth bombs. That I pray that God will continue to detonate in your life this week. That when you leave those four words, and as you go, will continue to resonate and reverberate in your life. Amen. That you will guard your heart. For out of your heart flow all the issues of life, and you will guard your words. There's so many things that you said that were profound and even prophetic. But as you're dismissed, I, I just I got to say this because the last thought about identity matters. It matters because Satan counterfeits everything God creates. And if we're not careful, what we will end up doing is living out of an image instead of living out of identity. Image is what everybody else gets to see. Your identity is who you really are. And when Satan counterfeits that, you will think giving people an impression of yourself that is not true is the way to elevate in life. And I was sitting there. And I felt that impression upon my heart that God wants to move us from living out of an image that we've created to living out of the identity that he already created in us. As you go, trust the fact that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, created in his image and after his likeness, and let that be your identity this week as you go. Uh, you have a podcast, Pep Talk with Coach Jay, is that right? Where can we find that just in case people want to connect and stay tuned? Yeah, it's called the Pep Talk Podcast, um, and you can find it wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. My face is on it. So. <laughs> it is incredible. I listen. I listen to his podcast. Listen, that's what just a small glimpse of what God's doing in this house. When we talk about, you know, there's these people, you, you see them and you don't know who they are or where they've been. Justin is one of them. We have about five or six former pastors who go to church here, each one incredibly gifted. You will hear from them because that's the kind of house that God is building here. Men and women who are changing and shaping culture. It's happening right now here in Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May he turn his countenance toward you this week. Yeah, Father, turn your countenance, your favor toward us this week. And as we go, give us your peace in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. you are impacted by today's worship experience, would love to hear from you. Maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we'd love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family, 
Email us at echurch at weareconvert.com. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.